There's a story. Disruptors. Everybody say disruptors. Pastor Elijah, where are you, baby? Come up here. You just got to show them. You got to show them. Let me show you the merch. Right here. This right here. This is, that's it. Are you a disruptor? What do you what do you understand a disruptor to be? Like someone what is that? Like go ahead. For for me a disruptor is having the mindset of faith in it in every situation. And but also knowing that you're also a servant in every situation. And he hasn't read the sermon notes yet. That is completely correct. What's the difference between someone who interrupts and someone who disrupts? Does anyone know? Do you know? Do you want to know? I want to know. <laughs> That's why I love him. A person who interrupts is someone who intervenes for a moment for a measured amount of pause. It's a shift. An interruption is not permanent. It's temporary. I interrupt the conversation. You know, I chime in, I interrupt, but then I go away. A disruptor is not interested in a temporary halt. A disruptor is someone who is committed to altering a system or a structure, to doing away with the current now in order to unleash the next. Thank you. So in this church, if we're going to begin that series today. By the time this series is over, you're going to be a disruptor, which means you, you can no longer tolerate the status quo. This is for all the hungry, unsatisfied folk in the auditorium or watching online right now around the world. If you're not satisfied with the current now of your family, your faith, your health, your destiny, your calling, your career, your relationship, your, even your nation, your world, your community, if you're not going to tolerate it, there are two types of people, those that accommodate to the now or those that disrupt the now in order to unleash the next. I'm going to tell you what heaven is looking for. God is not looking for comfortable, complacent people that hyper-tolerate the now. God is not looking for people that just accommodate to the now and bend over backwards to acquiesce to the now. God is looking for courageous, convicted people that say, I'm going to disrupt this in the name of Jesus. I'm about to shift my atmosphere. I'm about to shift my family. I'm about to shift my surroundings. I'm going to go and disrupt. Disruptors. It's altering a system or a structure. Let me give you the story. Let me give you the story of what I would argue in the Old Testament with New Testament, of course, song, strong Christ-based threads. The quintessential disruptor, in my humble opinion, in the Old Testament, keeping it legal, word of God, is a story about a young shepherd boy named David. David is the quintessential disruptor in the Old Testament. He's so famous that in the New Testament, the lineage of Jesus is all about David. And then even when this blind man, Bartimaeus, wanted a miracle, he cried out, Son of David, which meant Messiah, have mercy upon me. David was a disruptor. Let me give you the story. Let me give you one point. Read the verse and tell you the point, the principles. Disrupt. First Samuel 17.1. This, this, the boy's a shepherd boy. What does that mean, shepherd boy? He takes care of the sheep. So he smells like sheep. He smells like he takes care of sheep. He's not famous. Doesn't have many followers on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. He doesn't have his own YouTube channel. Doesn't go live. Doesn't do anything on Snapchat. He's just, he's just David. He takes care of the sheep, but boy, does he take care of them well. 
He's obsessed with a couple things. Worshiping God. He has a heart. He worships God and he takes care of sheep. Hey, David, what do you do? I worship God and I take care of the sheep. And all of a sudden, David shows up at a moment where the Philistines, the enemies of the Israelites, want to destroy the Israelites. So they show up and they put in front of them their champion, their number one UFC fighter of all time. It's Goliath. Goliath is this nine feet tall giant who's a trash talking bully. And he likes to talk trash. And I mean, he's, I mean, he is, does, do you know any trash talkers in your life? If you do, raise your hand. Don't point. That's not cool. He's a trash talking bully who likes to just say, talk smack. So all of a sudden, David comes along and let me tell you the story. First Samuel 17, 1. The Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled in Judah. I'm going to repeat that. The Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled in Judah. They assembled. What does Judah mean in the Hebrew? In the Hebrew, the word Judah means praise. So I'm going to reread this for you right now. The Philistines gathered their forces and they occupied praise. Read that one more time. The bad guys gathered their forces and they occupied the praise of the children of God. Let's do this one more time for the hearing impaired. The mucho malo hombres gathered their forces and occupied the praise that belongs to the children of God. The enemy always comes after your praise first. Disruptors do not permit anyone or anything to occupy their praise. What does it mean? The enemy understands very well that if he occupies the first thing that the first thing the devil comes after is not your health, it's not your money, it's not your reputation, it's not your confidence. The first thing he comes after is your praise. If the devil can stop you from praising, if hell can stop you from praising, because the hell knows as long as you can praise, God will show up. Hell knows that as long as you can lift up your hands, if you can lift up your hands, God will fight for you. If you can look up, you can get up. Are you with me right now? Hell knows that if, you, if hell knows that as long as you can say hallelujah, that it's not hype or church religion, that God literally shows up every time you praise. Psalm 22 says, God is enthroned in the praises of his people, which means every time you praise, it's not like a religious act. Every time you say hallelujah, God shows up. He, he, he made a contract. Every time you praise me, I promise I will show up. It's really crazy. Now, I know it sounds absurd. Wherever Jesus is lifted high, he'll show up. Wherever Christ is exalted, he'll show up. And I know this is going to sound crazy to some of you. You don't even need to be saved the no the moment you say Jesus Christ is look he shows up he shows up why do you think the enemy is after your praise? Why do you think the enemy is after your worship? I don't know what you've been through in 2019, but is there anyone here where the enemy came after your praise? Is there anyone here that the enemy tried to occupy your Judah? Did the devil try to shut you up? Was there a day where you were all, it was a season you were all excited. All of a sudden you found yourself not praising the way you used to praise, not worshiping the way you used to worship. And everything went south from there because the enemy knows the first 
step is to occupy your praise. If he occupies your praise, everything else will work in his favor. But there's someone in this place today who will dare to say, get out of my Judah. Is there anyone here who will dare to say, get off my Judah? Look at your neighbor, tell him, get off my Judah. Get off my Judah. Get off my praise. Get off my worship. Okay, listen, 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 listen. Hold on, hold on. Shh. Listen. Listen. I'm, let me explain to you something. There's nothing in... The first thing the enemy did was occupy Judah. There's nothing in scripture that says that you have to praise and worship God smiling. There's nothing in scripture that says that you have to be happy to praise. No, I'm going to preach to everybody who has ever praised God with tears rolling down their cheeks. I want to I speak loud to everybody who knows what it is to worship God when you're wounded and knows how to worship God when you're broken. You know what it is to lift up your hands when you can't even stand up. Am I preaching to anybody? Is there anybody here? Even when you weren't right, you were still praising God. And God still showed up because he honored his word that he would show up. David said, I'm broken. I'm wounded. I have no strength. But nothing can stop me from worshiping you. Nothing can hold me from giving you praise. Is there anybody here who this year, there was a moment where you were broken and you still lifted up your hand? Let me ask. How about this? Is there anybody here who continued to praise when your flesh spoke to you and said, where's your breakthrough? Anybody here where your flesh spoke to you? You know what I'm talking about. Where your flesh told you, where are your promises? Where are the yes and amen? Where's your miracle? Why did she get her miracle? Why did he get her miracle? But you haven't received any miracle. Where's your breakthrough? Is there anybody here who literally told their flesh to shut up because the promises of God are yes and amen? Is there anybody, is there anybody here who so said the flesh may not believe it, but the soul still believes that God's promises are yes and amen? Disruptors do not permit anyone or anything to occupy their praise. Get off my Judah. Hashtag, get off my Judah. Just repeat after me, get off my Judah. Get off my Judah. I don't care if you're broken. I don't care if you're wounded. I don't care if you don't feel like it. Don't let anything occupy your praise. Do not permit fear, anxiety, failure, depression, confusion, unbelief to occupy your praise. Are you with me right now? One more time. Let's just do it for the fun of it. Get off my Judah. Just tell that thing to get out of your praise. Because disruptors do not permit anyone or anything to occupy their praise. And, and there's a second thing about disruptors, this David guy. Let me read it for you. Verse 4, it says that Goliath had a title. He had, his title was he was champion. Goliath wasn't just anyone. He was the champion. Champion. He was the champion of the Philistines. Crazy. Yeah. Here it is. Disruptors don't care about the title. 
I'm going to say that one more time. Disruptors are not intimidated by titles. You, you have what? You, you have a title? David did not have a title yet. But he had something more powerful than a title. Goliath. Goli I'm a, go. Goliath had a title. Champion. Boom. Champion. Boom. David. Boom. Shepherd boy. Just a shepherd boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you think. Shepherd boy. Hey, David, you don't have a title. David looks like, I don't have a title. I have, I have something different. What do you have, David? I don't have a title. What do you have? I, I, I have a testimony. <laughs> what do you mean you have a testimony? Yeah, yeah, let me tell you my story. I was taking care of the sheep one day when a bear showed up. And the bear thought he was going to take away what was under my care. But I fought the bear and I defeated the bear. On another occasion, a lion came my way. And a lion tried to take away what belongs to me. So I fought the lion and defeated the lion. I know how to play the harp. That demons will run out. The devil start running. That legions will start fleeing. I got a test. I don't have a title, but I have a testimony. And my testimony is greater than any title that can be out there. Is there anyone here? We have a testimony that you overcame. Is there anyone here who have a testimony? All the testimony people, lift up your hands. All the people here that don't have a title, but you do have a testimony, lift up both hands. If you have a testimony of overcoming something when people didn't even know. By the way, David, when David overcame the, the bear and the lion, no cameras, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Google. It was in the private place. What you overcome in the field will enable you to... What you overcome in the field will enable you to succeed when you get to the palace. Are you with me right now? There are things that you overcame that no one knew, but you know that you overcame. By the way, let me remind you one more time. For the 100th time this year, Revelation 12, 11 does not say you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the title you carry. No, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your... Your testimony. Here you because your testimony is greater than any title. Are you with me right now? Your testimony is greater than any title. It's the narrative of what God did in you, with you, and through you. Are you getting this? Disruptors are not obsessed with titles. We are obsessed with authentic testimonies. My testimony is much more powerful than any title. So I don't care who's in front of you, what title they carry, what circumstance. The moment you walk in there with a testimony, you carry something. Not just, that's why you're not intimidated. Your testimony, you walk in there with a little swag. You walk in there with a little walk. You walk in, I grew up back in the day, I'm an 80s kid. So I grew up back in the day where, in my neighborhood, there were certain guys that had a walk. There were certain people that walked like this. And then there were certain guys in the streets that they had a walk. They, they... they wouldn't say anything, but you knew. They wouldn't even talk, but you knew. You knew that they survived something. You knew that they fought something. You knew that they overcame something. We, we need believers. We need believers to stop walking like...
We, we need some Christians that are not afraid to occupy the street and walk like you got a testimony. Walk like you're not afraid to cast out some devils and cast out some demons in the name of Jesus. You're not afraid to shift the atmosphere. You're not afraid to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You're not afraid to declare that there's power in the name of Jesus. So it's somebody say is the testimony. So we're gonna land this. We're gonna land this. Disruptors are not intimidated by titles, they're driven by testimony. And then this final point, and then we're done. We'll drop the mic and walk away. Probably that won't happen, dropping the mic, because I get in trouble afterwards. So here it is. Disruptors. Disruptors do realize that size matters. It does. Goliath was nine feet tall. I need to show you this. The enemy sent a giant. A giant. Brother Sean, come up here. What do you want me to do? He's the biggest guy in the house. You're my Goliath for this. You know, I love you. You're awesome, but you're my Goliath. I want to show you something. Because this disruptors do realize size matters. Yeah. Let me show you. Goliath, stand in front of me. Look the other way. Are there any questions? Everyone streaming around the world right now going, where is Pastor Sam? Well, can it, give me a tight shot here, cameraman, just on, on Goliath here. So here's the question. Goliath is in front of me, a giant. Can you see me? That's the point. The enemy will send a Goliath. In order for people not to see the glory and the purpose and the grace of God in you, with you, and through you. No. No, you missed it. It's to obstruct people from seeing Christ in you and through you the hope of glory. That the enemy shows up a Goliath. If the enemy sends a giant your way, it's not just to obstruct your view. It's to obstruct people from seeing you. Because you carry glory. You actually are the answer to the broken world. You're not a styrofoam cup. You are the conduit by which God will manifest his glory. How do you want people to be healed? Through you. How do you want people to be delivered? Through you. How do you want the poor to be addressed? Through you. How do you want the thirsty to be Through you. It's through you. You're the answer so if they can't see the answer they will always be broken that's why the, 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 that, that giant showed up this year not only to obstruct your view but to stop others from seeing Christ in you do you understand this right now but not not only that yes let's do this one more time not only can you not see me but I can't see you. I'm going to put it differently. I can't see what's ahead of me. I can't see my future. Because there's a giant in my way. So the enemy sends giants your way. 
in order to obstruct you, not only from being seen, but from you seeing what God has ahead of you. I'm going to say this one more time. If, if, if all we had here was, a, was, a, was, a, was an obstacle this big, then it's something that we could still have foresight of what's coming. But because the giant is so big, I can't see what's ahead of me. I'm here to tell you that if hell sends something big your way, it's only because hell knows that what's in front of you. I'm going to say that one more time. If hell sends something big your way, hell will only send something big your way if hell knows that what God has in front of you is so great and so amazing that he tries to obstruct the view. So I, for everyone facing a giant beating your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, your health, your finance, whatever it may be, I want you to put a smile on your face because I'm not believing, I'm not going to do this thing. I'm not going to say by the end of the year, your giant is coming down. I'm not even going to say, come 2020, Goliath will be down. I'm here to tell you that in the next three minutes, every every Goliath standing in your way is coming down in the name of Jesus. Every giant in your way, every giant in your family's way, every giant in your marriage's way, every giant in your health, every giant in your faith, every giant in your every giant is coming down. If you if you believe it, can you give God a praise like you know it's coming? If you really believe it, lift up both hands and repeat after me. Every giant obstructing my view, every giant in front of me, every giant that impedes others from seeing the glory of Jesus in me, with me and through me and every giant obstructing the vision of my future the future of my life my faith my family every giant is coming down and it's coming down today I said it's coming down today it's coming down today matter of fact look here look here let's do something real quick ready Goliath look that way look that way here he goes here it is now turn around God is looking for disruptors that are not afraid to face their giants. I dare you to face that lie of the enemy. I dare you to face everything the devil has created to obstruct you. I don't care if that giant was created in hell or it was created in your own mind or your own doing. That giant is coming down. Are you with me right now? If you really believe today is the day that that thing is coming down, that it's not hype, it's not emotionalism, because you believe, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm here to tell you size does matter, but the God in you is greater than the devil outside of you are you with me right now I'm gonna say it again the God inside of you is greater than the devil outside of you the Jesus inside of you if you believe this lift up your hands we're done lift them up really high let me see ho 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 disruptors Disruptors are not, disruptors understand very well that there is proportionality as it pertains to the size of the obstruction, the hindrance, the impediment. Simply stated, the bigger the problem, the bigger the promise. 
the bigger the battle, the, great, the bigger the greater the breakthrough. If something little came your way, then that's cute. But if something big came your way, it's only because the enemy knows what's ahead of you is amazing. Imagine if you could only see your future. If you could only see what God has for you. If you could only see what's over there. If you could only see next year and the year after that. If you could only see your entire family saved. If you could only see your, your family not even surviving but thriving. If you could only see signs and wonders and miracles happening through you. If you could only see the glory of Jesus shining through you. Where more people come to him as savior through your testimony. In one year than all the years of your life. If you could only see yourself. See yourself beyond the giant, man. Can you see yourself beyond the problem, beyond the drama? Can you see yourself beyond the now? Disruptors have no qualms, no fear in confronting the now in order to unleash the next. Face your giant. I'm going to face my giant. Look at you for a second. Well, Goliath, I'm David. Watch this. Ready? Goliath, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm David. I'm a shepherd boy. No one knows me. I'm the youngest of my brothers. My brothers pick on me. They don't even like me. So I take care of the sheep. My brothers didn't want to do it. Um, no one knows me. Uh, Goliath, I need you to know something. I, I'm going to bring you down hard. Oh, because I know, because I know, because I'm anointed. Uh, God, I, there's an anointing. I have this thing. God called me, and he, there's this thing that I can't deny. I, I have a purpose, and my purpose is greater than my problems. Oh, watch this. Here's the line. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, by the way, I want to, to remind you, you know how you're a champion, you have the title and all that? You're, you're famous. Um, I, I, want to know, I want you to know, I want to thank you, because before, before I take you down and kill you, I, I want to thank you because, I, I, no, watch, watch, this is so awesome. I, I want to thank you because this is the battle that makes me famous. You missed it. This is the moment. And, and if there was no Goliath, David never would have gone viral. If there was no Goliath, David never would have blown up. I don't know if you understand this. That that thing that came against you, the devil doesn't even understand that after this, God's going to elevate you to a place you've never been before. God's about to promote you to a place you've never been before. Are you are you with me right now? So it's before you knock down your Goliath, thank them. Goliath, if you only knew that because I'm fighting you, I'm about to go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to go back. Stand with me. You are standing. Thank you for making me famous. Thank you because through that fame, God was glorified. Thank you, because I never would have been the king if I never would have defeated you. Thanks. Because believe it or not, are you ready for one of the craziest things you ever heard in church? What if I tell you, what if I tell you that some Goliaths are part of your destiny? What if I tell you that there are things that you had to confront 
in order for you to reach where God needs and wants you to reach. What if I tell you that there are certain things you had to confront? What if I tell you that instead of going, oh, Goliath, Goliath, you son of the devil, you, before you chop his head off, send him a thank you note. No one knew David until that day. After David did away with him, he became so famous, people started singing songs. They sang a song about him and about the king who was the most famous guy until that day. And they, they sang more about David. David got more followers on Instagram in one day than Jennifer Aniston when she posted. That's a lot. Thank you. Thank you for letting the world know that my testimony is greater than your title. Thank you. Because now people will see God in me, with me, and through me and glorify his name. Thank you. If you got this, raise your hand. Ladies and gentlemen, what if I tell you the Goliaths that we face actually elevate you? and promote you so don't ever make the prayer like this God never permit me to face a Goliath never permit me to face you may be telling God God never ever promote me what if promotion comes with confrontation what if promotion can only arrive the moment you face off your giants face it I don't know what Goliath that is Again, it could be a diabolically created. There are devils out there, demons. There are things like that. Yeah, there's, there's evil out there. But it could be a Goliath you've created. It could be a Goliath from generations. What if your parents and your, what if your parents' and your parents' parents had Goliaths that they never dealt with? Giants that are taboos in your family. Issues that were never dealt with. And it goes from one generation to generation. Oh, by the way, I'm here. I'm supposed to tell you officially the Holy Spirit obligates me to tell you that it ends with your generation. Your children will not face the same giants you face. Are you with me right now? Anybody with me right now? If this word, if God spoke to you today and you are a disruptor or you're on your way, raise one hand. If God is speaking to you loud and clear, Thank you. You're beautiful. Thank you. Dear Goliath, we're not, we're not besties. We're, you're my enemy, but I want to thank you. Without you, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Side David. By the way, comma, thank you for the sword. You'll get that later on. What's your giant? What are you facing? What came up this week? What came up this month? What came up this year? What is trying to obstruct you from exhibiting the glory of God, from people seeing Jesus in you, with you, and through you? And what is trying to stop you from seeing what's ahead of you? What's your giant? That thing is coming down. So we're going to do, we're going to make one prayer. Join hands with your neighbors. We're going to pray together. And after we pray together, I'm going to dismiss you. After we dismiss you, if you say, Pastor Sam, oh God, did God ever speak to me today? But Pastor Sam, I'm going to be honest with you, man. 
I'm going to need someone here to help me pray and come in agreement. The Bible says, I'm going to give it to you in, a, in, a, in the message, Samuel Rodriguez version of the message. Here it is. If you can't do it by yourself, the Bible says, you come in agreement with someone else, and for certain it will happen. So literally speaking, the Bible says, to two or more come in agreement over one thing, God will do that very thing for certain. So if you have been praying and you haven't felt the breakthrough or experienced the breakthrough, it's not about feeling, it's about knowing. So here it is. You come up. These people here are anointed. They're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you, lay hands on you. We're going to come in agreement. And before you leave, your giant is going to be down. We're going to have a pool of giants here. We're going to climb over the giants. And your breakthrough begins, right, because you are a disruptor. So let me pray over you, right? Oh, one more time. Before I pray over you, look up here for a second. My dad, his name is Samuel Rodriguez. I am Samuel Rodriguez, Jr. My dad is a UAW worker, retired. He's in his mid-70s now. Growing up, my dad, being a Mack truck worker, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, as many of you know, my dad has the biggest, craziest hands. His hands are, like, not right. They are, they're just wrong. His hands are, like, ginormous. Like, am I right? It's weird. When my, I'm not making this up. When my dad wanted to discipline me and my two sisters, let me tell you one of his discipline strategies, and it, it's not what you think. Me, my dad would come, he would take one finger, he would say, pick a finger. And we're going, like, pick a finger, and he would go, boom. And you would think, that doesn't hurt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I'm a little nerd. My mind would, get, would go, scientifically, that's not possible. <laughs> this guy's like four. What is he? Is he... So my dad would play this game that he still will do today. My dad would put a quarter in the hand or a dollar bill. He would put something in his hand. He would close it. And he's just this little game. If you open my hand up, you can take whatever's in my hand. That's his game. Never been able to do it. Never. No, no, to this day. I'm not making this up. I'm a grown man. My dad still plays that stupid game. <laughs> We get for Thanksgiving or something. He goes, go ahead, go ahead, take it my hand. And I'm thinking, Dad, I'm a man now. You, I ain't, I ain't, I'm going to hurt you. He goes, ha, ha, go for it. Dad, I'm going to open up your hand. Go for it. I think Nathan has done this too with him. We're going to open your hand. Go for it. So help me. I'm not making this up. I try to do it to this day. I can't open that man's hands. And he smiles. What does it have to do with the message or the price of chicken? I'll tell you right here, right now. Let me tell you where you're at. You are in the Father's hand. You're literally right there. You're right there. You're right there. And then John chapter 10 verse 28 and 29 says, You are in my grip. You are in my grasp. And Jesus said, There is nothing that will ever be able to take you away from my hand. Somebody praise the Lord like you know. Nothing will be able to yank away, steal, rob. Disruptors are right here in the hands of the Father. You're joining hands with your neighbors again. After Pastor, Pastor Carla rudely interrupted this service. I'm going to call you up here. Be here on Wednesday. We have a Bible study. Y'all don't want to miss it. It's a thing. Pastor Nick and I and God leading the Holy Spirit. Pastor Nick. I'm just weak, man. God is doing great things. Be here on Wednesday. We'll be here on Wednesday in Jesus' name. So be here on Wednesday. Next Sunday, I'm going to continue this series. Don't miss it, Disruptors. Get a copy on the podcast tomorrow. Send it to a friend that needs to face their giants.
Go ahead. You look at your neighbor, please, right now, and tell him, I'm a disruptor. Tell him, I'm a disruptor. I, I do not permit anything or anyone to occupy my praise. I'm a disruptor. I have a testimony that's greater than any title. I'm a disruptor in the hands of the Father. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Therefore, may the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, make this week the best week of your life.